This is the uh, episode 8 of season 4 of the podcast Going Beyond Salvation, and I'm your host, Jess Robinson. Uh, We're in the Psalms and Proverbs portion of the podcast today, and we are continuing on. We'll talk about Psalm 66 and Psalm 67. Even though we read parts of Psalm 68, we haven't completely finished Psalm 68, so I'm going to reserve talking about Psalm 68 until actually next uh, week. So we're going to talk about Psalm 66 and jump into that. And this is a a psalm of praise. We don't see if it's from David or not. Uh, You know, as as we've said, some of these psalms, we don't know who wrote them. Uh, And so, uh, but we just see that this is a a psalm of praise. Um, You know, of, of praise, which is a huge part of our worship with God, you know, it's sometimes we like to just, you know, be like a kid and, and skid in on, on, in the room with, on the fresh linoleum floor that's been mopped and, you know, cling on to our parent and demand for, for food and cookies and, and all of that, which, you know, when we're in in times of trouble, there's nothing wrong with just going and, and getting before God right away. But the, you know, praise is a huge, praise and worship is a huge thing in in our relationship with the Lord. And we see in the psalm that there's such an atmosphere of praise that, you know, people are to shout for joy to God, all the earth, you know, you know, saying to God, how awesome are your deeds is a huge thing. You know, it's just, it's like, you know, as if you're, you know, when you think about your relationship with your spouse, you praise your spouse, you know, not just constantly going, I need this, I need this, I need this all the time, learning to compliment and praise your spouse. And just the same way with God, we're, we're to praise him. You know, that's part of the acronym with prayer is, you know, P stands for, for prayer and praise, praise the Lord you know, remind ourselves who he is and what he has done, praising him, coming in with thanksgiving. Then, you know, R is, you know, request, you know, laying our request to, you know, before him. And then A is, um, you know, essentially asking as well. Some say asking, actually something mean atoning as well or they actually use as r as repenting when we need to repent for our sins and then a is asking that's that works you know they're interchangeable and then y is yes receive it receive that you know and and that's you know essentially for the acronym of 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 pray you know Yes, receive it. Go back into praise. And and we see that. And we do see that in several Psalms, especially with David. You know, he he praises God. He lays his request before God. And then he also praises God again. And so we see that over and over. And so, you know, essentially with... And I just love in, in verse 5, it says, Come and see what God has done. You know, and that's something we need to do. Have that attitude is... You know, come and see what God has done in our lives. Come and see, 
You know, come and see what God has done. And and then we jump into verse 13. And it says, I will come to your temple with burnt offerings. You know, and it's about coming to the temple. It's about coming to God, you know, all the time. You know, it's not just about coming to him on Sunday. It's coming to him every single day. Um, you know, I just don't feel myself if I don't have that time, you know, even if it's just five minutes, you know, not having that time with God, it, it really affects my attitude for the day and, and even getting things done. Like I just don't have the motivation if I don't set prayer and, and getting into his presence first, you know, and I, it, it says, you know, come and listen, all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I think it's a huge part of our prayer life to come, you know, and listen. Listen for the Lord and his voice. And the psalm also really, in verse 18, really emphasizes in Psalm 66, you know, about confession of our sins. Because it says here, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. You know, and, and there's so many people today that want to live their lives how they want to live and living in sin and then they come to God wanting God to hear their requests and it's essentially going you know I want to live my life but God you got to listen to my requests and it's like at some point you know the the Lord's going to be like whoa 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 you know he's not going to listen if you continue to cherish now if you've repented and you've turned away from your sin and you're crying out to the Lord yes he's going to come in and intervene but if you're essentially saying, well, I just need you to hear me on this one thing, but I still want to live my life however I want. He's going to be like, no, you know. So, you know, that's essentially, you know, Psalm 66. Then we get into Psalm 67 and, you know, it's an, another song and we don't know who the psalmist in, is on this. But I just love in, in Psalm 67, you know, it, it describes God as gracious. You know, God is gracious. You know, we don't, you know, it's not our own righteous deeds that get us into his favor. Now, yes, you know, if you're seeking the Lord and, and walking in his ways, he's, he's going to be happy. But God loves us. He was gracious to us. You know, we didn't deserve salvation, but he was gracious to us. And gave that to us. I just love that, you know, in this song, you know, they were going, you know, may his ways be known to the earth, you know, and, and may the people praise you. May the nations be glad. It's, it's essentially, you know, something that we can learn that we need to pray for people and nations to know the Lord. That should be our heart. And that's what the Lord wants us to have is that heart for to pray for people, not just ourselves, but to pray for people and pray for nations, pray for our governments, pray for your, your schools, whatever you feel like in your spirit that you're being burdened to pray over. If you're being prayed, burdened to pray over sexual trafficking, pray it. You know, that's something that the Lord is putting that burden on you. So 
you know, I, I noticed that in, in Psalm 67. Those were the things that I really noticed is just having that burden to pray, you know, and, and that's a huge thing. You know, it's not just about us. It's, you know, having a burden to pray for others and especially those who don't know the Lord to pray for them, having that burden to pray for them. So that was Psalm 66 and Psalm 67. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to jump back into Proverbs. So we continue on in Proverbs and I'm just going to highlight, you know, some of the Proverbs that we, we go over. Um, not every proverb is going to be handled. I think you know, some point in this podcast, we'll really kind of break down and talk about these different proverbs, looking at them in different uh, versions as well, and really looking at the context of these proverbs and really applying them in our lives. But um, I'm just going to highlight some of them because a lot of it is kind of just getting repeated on and on, which doesn't mean that, you know, anything bad, you know, it's a continual reminder. Uh, it in our lives and, and how we should live. But I'm just going to highlight, um, when we think about pride, you know, you know, pride causes us to be a fool and it, and it causes us to, to expose our own folly Our we have this, you know, we see constantly that the wicked, those who are filled with pride, they have a downfall where the the prudent person, the righteous person, you know, they're those who are humble, they're lifted up, you know, they're saved, you know, there's these consequences that happen. So essentially, you know, that's just something I wanted to point out. Um, And another thing the Lord is, is pointing out is about trust, being trustworthy. And when, and you think about it, you know, being trustworthy in your own job, being trustworthy in your marriage, being trustworthy in church, being trustworthy in your own family, you know, if you're not trustworthy, you know, you're going to cause yourself to get into trouble, you know, like there's a a person that, you know, that I, I know personally, they're always and known for not being trustworthy. And it's to the point that people just dread this person coming in because they're wondering, you know, are they telling the truth or are they going to, are they telling a lie? You know, and essentially this person brings a lot of trouble on their own because they've become so not trustworthy. And, and so that's just something that we really need to focus on our lives. Are we trustworthy? You know, and if we're not, you know, the Lord is gracious and he'll help us. Now it's going to be hard, you know, gaining the trust of those that you've already broken that trust, but you can start anew with people that you don't even know and gaining trust with them and, and, and gaining a new life. Not saying that people you've broken trust with, they won't forgive you or, you know, you can gain their trust at some point, but just know it's hard, especially like in a marriage where there's been adultery. It's hard. Trust has been broken and a lot of trust has to be built back up because of, and it's a lot of times it's on the act of faith of, of the person that was hurt to, to begin to trust that person again. 
and, and just learn to be like God and forgive. You know, I've had that situation happen to me where, where God told me you have to forgive this person and move on. And sometimes it's hard because the enemy really wants to throw that in your face and keep bringing it up and keep bringing it up. And that's just a huge thing that we really need to be focused on. You know, and as we've talked about before, you know, ignoring discipline, you know, when you ignore discipline, when you ignore the advice of others, you're, it's causing you to go down to poverty, to shame, you know, when you don't listen to the discipline of the Lord, it can lead you to sin, it could lead you to falling away from the Lord permanently, you know, that's just something that we about humility and and pride you know we see in the next one in verse 19 about you know fools detest turning from evil you know they they detest turning from evil and it causes them to keep going downhill and downhill you know something that I notice is about you know, and as I talked about learning to choose our friends wisely, learning who to listen to counsel wisely, you know, because, you know, choosing our friends, you know, and it's not saying that, you know, we shouldn't pray for people that, and, and try to reach out to people that we know that, and especially if the Lord has laid them on our hearts to, to reach out to them, to share the gospel. You know, if the Holy Spirit's telling you to do that, do that. But don't become part of them and, and condone and, and act with them in, in their actions that are not of the Lord. That's just a huge thing that I noticed in this. A thing I wanted to point out is about leaving an inheritance. You know, I, I come from, you know, a background, I was a legal assistant at one point and we did a lot of estates and, and a lot of people would work on leaving an estate behind for their children. And as they got older, they, they were starting to transfer like home, the title of homes and vehicles to their children. We actually condoned that because then when that person would pass away, it, it made it easier to handle the estate at that point. Uh, if a lot of that had already been, you know, given to the kids. But it's more than just, you know, material inheritance. What do you want to leave behind for your kids? You know, we, you know, my pastor was talking about that last Sunday what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? What do you want your kids to, and those that, you know, you dealt with, how do you want them to remember you? It's not just about material. It's about, um, you know, the, the legacy you leave behind, you know, were you following the Lord? Were you, you know, and I was, and that's something, you know, in my life because, you know, I grow up, you know, I've grown up with a family where, you know, where the older generation, it's all about, well, I wanted to leave a material estate. And, you know, I just remember, you know, hearing from a family relative, well, 
you know, so-and-so because of that, you know, of what they did, you're not going to get an inheritance. And I'm sitting here going, I didn't want a physical material inheritance. You know, and I'm just going to be honest, it's about my own grandfather. My own grandfather is, you know, he's, he's fallen away from the Lord and, you know, I'm praying for him that, that the Lord will begin to open up his eyes, but he, he, he grew greedy. You know, I'm going to be honest. He grew greedy and he was telling me, you know, it's nothing, anything against me, but he, you know, he was telling me that, well, you you could have gotten an inheritance and I wasn't focused on a, a, a physical inheritance. It was like, grandpa, I don't want a physical inheritance. I want to inherit the good memories, the times that we went hunting together, the times we went fishing, the times you came to my basketball games and, you know, the times that you came to my plays and, and what, you know, that is what I wanted. I didn't want, you know, a physical inheritance. And, and that's a huge thing. So, you know, that's just something I wanted to talk about. And then about spanking, because there's this verse in here, he who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. There's a huge divide when it comes to spanking. I came from a household where I was spanked. Um, now it wasn't with a rod or anything. My parents, it was, you know, it was the hand and it was only a couple of swats to get my attention and it did, but it wasn't painful, but it was, it wasn't painful. It was enough to get my attention and for them to say no. And then they would put me essentially, you know, there was the spanking and then it was time to correct the action. And, and that was how it was. It wasn't just, I'm going to hit you, make you cry. And then, you know, hope that you don't do this again. It was, there was this correction from my parents that happened afterwards. And then they would come up and even once everything was corrected, once everything was mended and they would say, do you understand, you know, why I had you know, why I disciplined you. They would talk and then there was this mending time where they would love on me. And, and because of that, I, I feel like I understood their rules. And, and as that happened, like my parents said, they saw that they had to discipline us less and less because And even as we got older, there wasn't no more spankings. There was more, you know, we need to have a talk and I need to correct your attitude. It was, you know, that kind of thing. And because of that, I just want to say, you know, there's people that are scared to spank their kids. Now, there are some kids, you can spank them and it doesn't do anything. I know of some families, they just can't spank their kid because, you know, they laughed. They didn't, it didn't wake them up. 
you know, and so they had to find other ways to, to correct them, to discipline them. And, and they have that way, you know, each parent, and I try not to tell parents, you know, one way or the other, it's all about, you need to correct what they did and make them see and realize this is what they did wrong and help them to gain the right attitude, the right, you know, correct them in that way. That's what essentially, you know, the Lord wants us to do. What's what it wants, you know, as parents to do is to correct, you know, get the correct behavior. And, you know, I don't condone, you know, getting it to, you know, beating them into the point that they're bleeding. No, you know, if that's happening, that that's considered abuse. But, you know, and my mom grew up in the era where, you know, she said, you know, her mother, which was my grandmother, would find what other, what, whatever she could grab to swap my mom, you know, may it be a fly swatter, may it be a wooden spoon. She's like, and even, you know, when I was being babysat by my grandma, we didn't like being disciplined by her because yeah, she, she used a belt. She used whatever she could find to gain our attention. Now, did she like, go all capital punishment on us. No, it was the same thing with my parents. It was, you know, a couple of swats get, you know, your attention here, but, you know, essentially that's how it was. And, and, and that's what it needs to be about. And then, you know, once the discipline has been done and, and all of that, you need to still show your kids that you still love them and all of that. And so that's what I wanted to talk about. And. In finishing up chapter 13. You know of, of Proverbs. You know now we're going into chapter 14 of Proverbs. And. We get into chapter 14, and one of the things, you know, the first thing it talks about is the wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears her down, you know, and there's that debate about, you know, like today in today's society, we see this this rise of, of feminism and that, you know, women are essentially pitted against men, and I believe, you know, God uses women, and I believe, you know, like women, they can be engineers, they can be astronauts, they they can do some things, but, you know, and I, I believe there are some things, though, that women can't do because God made the men to do that and not the women, um, you know, and we think about it, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, a woman can't go to school, that she can't go to college, but as a wife, you know, you have to think about, you know, especially when you get married to a husband, it's essentially, you know, teamwork, you know, yes, you know, he's the head of the household, but like, as for me and my husband, it's, our relationship is based on, it's teamwork, you know, and we discuss our options and, and our decisions. And even when, before we got married, we were discussing what, 
we desired, you know, in the relationship and, and that, you know, we understand, you know, like, right, you know, my husband, his desire is for me to, to stay at home. You know, yeah, he loves me doing podcasts because, you know, I can do them from home. He loves that I write because I can do them from home. That was his whole desire. And, but, you know, we're building that, that day up for me to be able to stay home. And right now, you know, I have to work because it takes two incomes, essentially. You know, back in, in my grandmother's day, you could have one spouse working and be able to make uh, ends meet and and all of that. I mean, my grandma did the, the bookkeeping for my grandpa's business, which, you know, allowed her to stay home, allowed her to, to raise my mom and... And yes, my grandma was essentially, she kept up on her house, she cleaned her house, she, you know, her house was always spotless, she was cooking, and, and it didn't mean that she wasn't part of anything, she was actually part of a, a conservative group, she, you know, she was involved in politics, she was involved in, uh, you know, different clubs, all of that, you know, and she still had, you know, this fulfilling life and, and you know, serve the Lord during that time, you know, it's just essentially, you know, a wise woman and a godly woman, you know, she makes her home a place of refuge, peace, and joy, you know, where a foolish woman, you know, she's going to neglect her home and her family. And we see that today in today's society that, you know, women are to strive, you know, to, to be better than men, that they're supposed to, you know, go out there and make the money, and then they're wondering why their their kids are not acting right, why their their homes are falling apart, why their husbands are are essentially seeking other other spouses, which you know it's not right for the man to go and you know commit adultery in in essence because the woman's not there. That isn't right. You know he needs to have a sit down and talk with his wife and say, hey you know, you're not doing your, your part in this home and in our relationship. And, and I know every relationship's different. I've met different relationships that people have had, you know, some are, are totally fine with their spouses being like nurses, doctors, and, and all of that. And they have great marriages, but essentially, like for me and my husband, it's, it doesn't work, you know, for me to be away from home all the time. And which is hard as a newspaper reporter, because yeah, there's news out there, but I've had to essentially say that my husband comes first, my home comes first. And you know what, if a current event is missed, a current event is missed is, is my attitude about it. And you know, and it's, you know, like I've said before, it's not saying that a woman can't, you know, pursue, you know, a college degree, become an attorney or whatever, you know, they, they can do that, you know, especially if they feel led by God to do that. If God has placed that on your heart and that is your dream to do that, you know, go for it. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, pursuing what God has placed on your heart. And I mean, God has used women throughout the Bible. We read about Deborah and, and, and Ruth, and we're going to read about Esther, where she was placed in a place of leadership. And, 
she was placed in, in such a time, you know, and her influence was a, a big part in, in getting the Jews saved from annihilation. And, and we'll, and we'll read about that later on. And so, you know, just about that with women that, and I'm not really for feminism, you know, I do believe that, you know, empowering women to, to, you know, stand in who they are in their identity in Christ. You know, that's the hugest thing. If you know who you are in Christ, you're walking in freedom and in that empowerment, you know, when you know your true identity in Christ, that's the huge thing. That's where we need to stand on is on those promises of, of what God has laid out in the Bible. That's what frees us. That's what empowers us, you know, not, you know, our, you know, we're not empowered by our career. We're not empowered by, you know, our college degree. We're not empowered by those things. We're empowered by who we are in, in Jesus. And, and that's essentially what I teach young women, especially teenagers, because they have so much junk being thrown at them, you know, especially from celebrities. It's really, you know, sad what celebrities throw at, at young girls, essentially telling them that, you know, it's a, you're competing against males and, you know, God didn't create male and female to compete with each other, you know, male and female were to complete each other. And, you know, so that's just essentially what I have to say about that. And, you know, I'm not popular with feminists be because of that. I know in Laramie, there was many feminists that didn't like the fact that my husband opened up the door for me. He was doing it, you know, out of love and honor, opening up my, even the car door. And they didn't like that because they were, he, they were saying he was essentially saying that I was, uh, that I was weak. And that's so far from the truth. Yeah, that's so far from the truth. You know, men, you can open up the door for women. You know, you can let a woman, you know, cut in front of you in line at the grocery store, whatever you need to do. You know, that's being, you know, honorable and admirable, you know. And I don't know why women think that as a, as a signal of weakness. I really don't. I really think that's ridiculous some of the things that they say about about men and and just some of the things they do you know I feel like men these days I feel like men cannot be who God created them to be and that they can't even you know be loving towards a woman without being you know called different names and I and it's sad you know and and so you know, that's just what I have to say about that. But we'll continue on here in Proverbs. Also in, in chapter 14, right away in verse 2, it talks about, you know, he who whose walk is upright fears the Lord, but he whose ways are devious despises him. When you think about it, you know, to despise God is to sin against him and treat him with contempt. And... You know, and then I know there's people that, especially people that don't know the Lord, they don't realize what sin is. You know, they don't understand that. But 
you know, you've got people that do blatantly sin and, and show contempt for the Lord. And, and sin is sin, you know, no matter, you know, what you decide to do, sin is sin. You know, you could lie and that's a sin. You can murder someone, that's a sin. You know, you, you can have homosexual tendencies, that's a sin, you know. It's, you know, sin in God's eyes and, and all of that. And when you think about those who, you know, the talk of, of, you know, a fool brings a rod to his back. Like we've, we've talked about several times that essentially, you know, those who were unrepentant, they have their due brought to them and those who are righteous, their, their reward comes to them. You know, just continuing on, you know, we've talked about being truthful and honest, you know, and, and everything, but we're just kind of moving on where the mocker seeks wisdom and finds none, but knowledge comes easily to the discerning. We kind of look at people that, you know, and I just, I see people that are, you know, trying to seek knowledge. They're trying to seek knowledge of an understanding and but until Jesus becomes more than enough, it, it's just nothing. And, you know, we'll talk, we'll really get into this after Proverbs with, with the book of Ecclesiastes, where that, you know, which is written by, by King Solomon. And, you know, it's believed that it was written as, you know, later on in his life, after he's attained all this wisdom and, and all of this grandeur. And he's like, it's nothing without God, you know. It's just all meaningless, which is true. You know, when, you know, Jesus is not more than enough in your life, you, no matter what you do, it's just never enough. It's meaningless. You know, essentially, you know, I like what Solomon, you know, writes in Ecclesiastes that, that is chasing after the wind. You know, have you seen somebody chasing after the wind? I mean, it's not... You can't chase after the wind, you know, it's, it's just nothing. It's, it's pointless. So, you know, continuing on, you know, and, and we've talked about learning, you know, choosing who you listen to, whose counsel and who you hang out with essentially. And, you know, that, and like I've said, uh, over and over in in this podcast you know the the lord will guide you to people who are lost and yes you're you're essentially building a friendship with them and and being able to share the you know what the lord has done in your life uh there's there's those instances but we're not to you know be like them we're supposed to be set apart to where they're sitting there going who is this person but we're also to be, you know, very careful who we choose as our friends, you know, who is going to be in our lives for, you know, to give us wisdom, who's going to be there to pray with us, you know, really seek it out, you know, seek it out in somebody who is at your church that, you know, is grounded in the faith because they're going to be so grounded in the word that when you need advice, when you need wisdom, need prayer, they're going to be right there to, you know, give you godly advice and, and, and to pray with you what, 
you know, what God's desire is. So that's essentially with that. Um, in verse 9, it talks about fools mock at making amends for sin, but goodwill is found among the upright. You know, there's so much freedom when when you're, when you confess the, of your sins. There's such a release, you know, and I hear it over and over. Many people, especially those who were, you know, partying, those who were really stuck in bondage. And they said, as soon as, you know, the Lord, they accepted the Lord as their savior and, and just let it all go. They said there's such a, a release and, you know, and, but there are people that, you know, mock you because you've, you're changing your life. And those are the people that you don't want to hang around with because they're going to drag you down. And, and essentially a part of a Christian walk is, is, uh, most times, you know, yeah, you're, you're going to have to cut ties with people, even some family members. And it's hard, but you know, and I've cut ties with people, but you know, I don't regret it because, you know, I want my relationship with the Lord. Does it mean that I don't pray for them? I pray for them and I, I pray that they would find salvation and, and, and that somebody would just come into their lives that, you know, by divine appointment that, that can reach to them specifically where, where I couldn't. So that is that with that one. The final verse that I wanted to highlight for this week is, you know, it, it says a way that seems right to man to, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. You know, there's just so much theology out there that, you know, humanism and all of that, that essentially says, you know, especially today, you know, seek your own truth and it may seem right to you but it's not actually right with God because Jesus is is the truth and so everything that Jesus lived for everything that he talked about and, and he's talked about that in the book of John that he doesn't say anything unless the father tells him he doesn't do anything unless the father tells him to do it so he's essentially doing God's will and because of that he is truth and so what he talks about is truth and, and living that way, you know, that's the way to eternal life where it's, it's through a relationship with Jesus and allowing him to live through you where, you know, it, you've got people that, that say, oh, I'm going to live by my own truth. And that truth could lead them, you know, that truth essentially leads them to, to help because it's so far from God and that's just something that we need to stay away from is that theology of well you know you accept your own truth I'm not going to do that you know if I truly care for somebody I'm going to tell them who the truth is and that is Jesus you know because I don't want to see them you know go go to hell you know I don't want them to be in eternal damnation for for eternal uh, for eternity i i want to see them in heaven and being able to be free from sickness and pain and and being happy and joyful so 
that was all for for Psalms and, and Proverbs. And so we're going to finish uh, for the next week's reading. We're going to finish Psalm 68 and then we're going to discuss we're going to look in Psalm 69 and we're going to uh, discuss Psalm 70 and then we're going to read Psalm 71 verses 1 through 8. And um, because of that, um, it's not going to be all the way that we'll read Psalm 71. We're just going to read the first eight verses and I won't discuss Psalm 71 in that reading, but just go ahead and read that and you'll just divvy it up as, as you want. And then in Proverbs, we're going to continue in 14, starting in verse 13 and going for through verse 35. And I believe that'll be the end of Proverbs 14 and, and all of that. And so I'm going to end in a prayer and I just want to say thank you, Lord Jesus, for for who you are, God. And that, Lord, we just thank you for your Psalms and your Proverbs, Lord. And, and that, Lord, that praise is important. And that, Lord, uh, I just pray, Lord, that you would just come and, and have a way in our hearts, Lord. And that, Lord, just let your truth just reign in our lives. And that, Lord, it would just pour out, especially to those around us. And that, that we would get that opportunity to share the hope that we have in you, Lord God, and, and bring more into your kingdom, Lord God. And and the more the merrier is, is what I'm thinking, Lord. And, that, and so, Lord, we just thank you and give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Stay tuned for uh, the New Testament portion of the podcast. Mm-hmm.